0: everyone back to another episode of the hoops addicts anonymous podcast an elite sports ny production taping on the evening of october 8th just a little past 8 p.m a big night for a lot of baseball fans yankees trying to hold on and uh you know extend their playoff series a little bit um but we are definitely not talking about that tonight at all we are definitely excited to talk some more hoops very pumped to have a special guest on the show before we get into that As always, rolling with the homie Chip Murphy. Chip, how's it going?
1: I'm good, man. And yeah, I'm too nervous to talk about the Yankees. So let's just move on from that. (laughs) I'm with you on that.
0: Agreed. Agreed. Um, Like I was saying before, very, very excited to have a a special guest on the show. Um, We are pumped to have Cole Christian, graduate assistant for the Ohio State Cyclones basketball team. Cole, how's it going, man? Thank you for coming on the show.
2: Good, man. Thanks for having me, guys.
0: Absolutely. Um, And so Chip and I, you know, we've been trying to do a lot of different topics for the podcast. You know, we were working on an NBA A through Z series. Uh, We've both been diving deep into a lot of draft stuff. As the draft gets near November 18th, uh, you know, full disclosure, we are both Knicks fans as well. This is not a Knicks centric podcast, but it ends up being one uh, somehow, some way. And um, um, you know, one of the guys that we are obviously very excited to talk about is Tyrese Halliburton, a very talented prospect, someone who will definitely be within the lottery and most likely a top ten pick. But before we get into that, I uh, just wanted to talk about a little bit about your role with the team. Uh, so in preparation for this pod, just just looking up just some small facts about you, uh, director of basketball operations at the University of Tennessee at Martin. Um, I'd also seen that you had had your coaching certificate before you graduated high school, which I think is pretty impressive. Uh, And if you could just talk about some of your daily responsibilities at Iowa State, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe you were there last, not the season before when they won the big 12 championship. So if you could talk a little bit about what that experience was like.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I, um, so yeah, actually I had my coaching cert, um, as a high school student, um, I coached middle school baseball actually first. Um, then I coached some high school baseball. I ended up being a student manager um, for Iowa State men's basketball um, when I was an undergrad. Um, so I was part of Sweet 16 team in 1516, and a Big 12 championship in 1617. Um, and then I went to University of Tennessee at Martin as director of operations there for a year, and then ended up having the opportunity to come back. To Iowa State as a graduate assistant, this will be my third third season here coming up. Um, that first year, 18-19, we won another Big Twelve Championship tournament championship. Um, really, really good team, bunch of NBA guys. Um, but day to day, pretty much, I just support our uh, support our coaching staff and do all of our video stuff. Um, we do. We'll help with some on court stuff, um, but uh, most of my responsibilities revolve around video scouting recruiting video all that kind of stuff um you know finding the video cutting it up um, helping to break some of the stuff down and you know making sure our guys are prepared when we go when we go to scout a team so
0: awesome uh as as someone who you know during their free time writes a lot about basketball and and is is very much a, a newbie when it comes to cutting video and Figuring that out, have a lot of respect for the people that do it for a living. And uh, you see that, you know, people like Eric Spolstra, who started out video coordinator, head coach in the NBA, and currently in the NBA finals, probably not for too much longer, but still, uh, obviously a very Absolutely. respected coach. So uh, there's a lot of props to you for that, for sure. Um, but, so a- as we transition into Tyrese Halliburton, man, I'm, I'm I'm very excited to talk about him. As I was saying before, most likely a top 10 pick in this year's draft. Uh, things that I've noticed about him that jump out were really when you watch the tape. Obviously, he has great size, great court vision. He is an elite catch-and-shoot threat, uh, really, really dangerous drink, Dangerous in transition. One of the things you know that I noticed was that he made a really big jump uh, in statistical production from his freshman to his sophomore year. What do you think the coaching staff, or even you, saw in him that told you he could handle that scoring responsibility and, and kind of like shouldering that load?
2: Yeah. Um, so even even a little more background. So when he came in, pretty unheralded recruit, um, when he came into Ames, uh, to Iowa State, he, uh, you know, like, a lot of people will um, ding him for his weight. Which I honestly I don't think is gonna be an issue. But as he was coming in as a freshman, you know, you got this little skinny kid, he's six five. We didn't really know we didn't really know what he was gonna be, right? So he comes in and like it got to the point where we had an injury and he didn't start the first game of the year, but then he started from the second from the second on and we couldn't take him off the floor. I mean, he averaged like 30, 33 minutes a game or something as a freshman. And I think at one point in December for his usage rate, he was he was the most efficient player in the country. And it was just like, man, like he was such a good ball mover and he didn't, and he didn't play point guard. I mean, he's going to be a lottery pick at the PG and like, dude didn't play point guard his whole first year of college. So, um, that team was really talented his first year. We had Mariel Shayok, who, um, is on a two way deal with the Sixers. We had Mm -hmm. Taylor Horton Tucker, who was in the finals with the Lakers. Um, and we had a couple of other guys who were, who were older and had been with the program for a while. So we were just super talented and he just wasn't asked to do a lot. Um, he didn't have to. And moving into that second year, I think even in the spring, we didn't know. I mean, we we ended up having to recruit some transfer kids in that spring, so we didn't really know what the roster was going to look like anyway. But when he went to go play with the USA team over that summer, and he was like triple-double threat, shooting 50% from three, we're like, man, like he can do it. And I think that's when we knew, like, man, he's going to be able to carry the load as a scorer because he had to, at at, and at the end of the day, that's what ended up happening last year. We needed him to to do that. His production, obviously, in all areas, and he stayed he stayed just as efficient. Like I think that's the most impressive part. Like he's still a forty plus three point shooter. You know, he's taking a lot of tougher shots this that second year, so he's trying to create on his own. So um, I kind of I think that's how it really went down. Honestly, I mean, it was kind of out of necessity and the amount of scoring that we lost from the year before. But I think the U S. the USA stuff.
1: I think it was like okay, like he. He can do this. Hmm. That's the U nineteen team you're talking about, right? Yep. With yep. yeah, and he was yep. pretty much like the best player on that team. He led the team yep. in minutes. I saw threes, assists, and that's the yep. team with Lewis Junior from Alabama. And Knicks yeah. fans all know the name Cade Cunningham because we're all yep. crossing <laughs> our fingers for him. So he was on Absolutely. a team with with a bunch of. I looked at that roster, a bunch of huge high school recruits, and. I guess it was kind of a surprise he got that invite, but he talked, uh, it was Bruce Weber was the coach of that team, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. I guess he convinced him he should get the invite and he, you know, he showed out and was huge there. Yeah. I think it was, man, I don't remember where I read
2: it at, but there was some article where coach Weber talked about it. Like they went to camp and it was just like, man, we have to have him. Like he's got to be on the team no matter what. Like, so I think it was just because that's what it is, man. Like you can play him anywhere you want. He's going to make the team better because he'll he'll fall into whatever role you give him
1: and he's gonna you know he's gonna have a lot of success so but so at the next level you see him as a point though not a two i think he can play either one honestly okay. i think i think
2: um obviously he's such a in transition as a passer and he's such a threatened pick and roll like he just makes the right reads and I think whether that's getting the first pick and roll in the half court or it's getting the second one, if he's off the ball, man, he just makes the right reads. He's such a good ball mover. Um, I don't think it really matters. I mean, if you know, you talk about like some teams, like honestly, if it were me, like selfishly, I hope I was hoping that the Warriors would fall in the lottery and he'd go to Golden State, yeah. um, just because I thought that would be the perfect situation. He, it um, would be
1: for him, yeah.
2: You know, because he's because he has two guys that can just. You know, burn the nets and you just mm-hmm. have to find open guys. He wouldn't be asked to do a whole lot, um, but I think he can do whatever. So if he gets, if he gets picked somewhere to play where they've got a primary PG and he plays off the ball, I think that's fine.
1: Honestly, I think it'll get him on the court earlier. Well, that's his best skill set, right? Starting out would be his shooting, just his standstill shooting for now spotting up. But yeah, I think he's so good in the pick and roll and running the break in transition was the most, the thing that stood out to me the most watching him was, holy Christ, he's yeah. so good in transition, It's unbelievable. Like, yeah, and he makes the Unreal. highlight. Like, Unreal. it. He doesn't look like the kind of guy who's going to be making the highlight real passes when he plays in the half court, but then he just busts one of those out, and you're like, Jesus Christ, this guy is special. Like, it, uh, agreed. Really agreed, something. Yeah, I yeah, think he's. It's man, it's
2: it's so crazy. Like he's he's such a creative passer and. It's you know you sometimes you run into those guys who want to throw crazy passes and they get ahead of themselves like this dude does it and like it looks like he does it all the time and you're like man I've never even seen anybody throw that pass and he throws it with such confidence man it's so crazy.
0: I think um, one of the best descriptions I've I've seen of him and it's it's kind of along the lines of what we're talking about is that he's masterful at finding pockets of space when it doesn't seem like they're there and he can manipulate defenders with his eyes. And I know Chip just asked about playing the one or the two, but kind of along that line of, of questioning, um, do you think he can be a top tier point guard in the NBA with without and I don't want to say without because he's such a young kid like they, they, their path to development is is out there, right? But um, one of the things he's been criticized for is is not having nece- the necessary handle that some of the other um, starting point guards have or struggling with kind of creating his own shot or shooting off the dribble. Do you think that those are areas that he has to pinpoint to really become uh, a top tier starting point guard, maybe at the next level?
2: Um, probably. Yes. I mean, I would say like, we've had every team call in here and talk to everybody on the staff doing their homework and stuff. And like, those are the types of questions that those guys ask and it's, you know, what are his weaknesses? What could he get better at? you or even project, you know, they'll ask you to project him. Like, what do you think he is? Like, is he a 15 time all-star? Is he a, you know, fringe NBA guy or whatever?
0: And right. like, I
2: don't want to put a, I don't want to put a ceiling on his potential. I mean, like I said, from the very beginning, we didn't know what he was going to be. And like, look at his development in 18 months. Like, it's absolutely insane. Um, I think, I think his ability to, to fall into any role, I think he'll get on the floor right away. Yep. Um, I think at that point, um, you know, I think some people are like, man, you know, he shoots 40, 40 plus percent from three, but can he really get it off an NBA game? Because it's got a little bit of a hitch in it. Yeah. But, like, my thing is, man, like, 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 what well, you're telling me he's just going to get it. He's just going to have three-point shots blocked. And the, I just really can't don't see that. I mean, he's such a smart player. He's going to make the right read. I mean, if he's, you know, somebody's closing out on him, he's going to put it on the deck and, or move the ball or whatever. I think – as far as being a top tier PG I think you you have to be able to create I mean I think you have to be able to score on your own too I mean you know especially the way the NBA's transition now like all these guys score at such a high clip at, at the starting one like yeah I mean he's gonna have to he's gonna have to show he's a you know he's able to do that he's able to break down his primary defender to be able to score it um and hopefully you know gain some weight and like his he's got the size he's got the length he's yeah. got you know he's got all the intellectual intangibles like i I think he'll he'll these guy's a limit for him honestly.
0: And I know Chip and I, uh, we talked a lot offline about the shot. I mean, I, I buy it. And and some of it is based on what you're saying, like, it's not just going to get blocked all the time. But the other thing too, and and, uh, it's at least what's perceived, but spacing in the NBA is a lot better usually, right? So I mean, like, it's not like, you know, the closeouts and and what you see on tape is that, that he is really smart. So he can hit you with a fake, go around and then see someone cutting and, and, you know, hit them with a pass really quickly. Like, I don't know. I, I, I do buy the shot. I mean like shot off the dribble is, is sep- something definitely that he'll have to work on. But I mean that, you know, then when you see 99th percentile catch and shoot, I mean like that's, that's pretty wild.
2: For sure. For sure. And it like, and that's the thing, like, everybody's got stuff to work on. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Off the balance creating on his own for sure. And, and he'll get there. I mean, 20 years old, hopefully, you know, hopefully have a long career in the NBA and those will be things he gets really good at. And Hopefully he's perennial all-star and doing well. So,
1: yeah. And I know the, the Lonzo ball comparison is going to be the one that everyone makes. And I mean, there's a lot of similarities there. They're both really smart players, but, and even Tyrese was on uh, Josh Hart's podcast and he brought up Lonzo's name. Yep. But everybody said that, and Lonzo's shot was brutal college and everybody said that Lonzo was going to have to change his shot. And now look at how good Lonzo looks from three point range. And Tyrese is a putting up amazing shooting numbers right now. And, you know, there's people criticizing his shot saying he's going to have to change it. So it doesn't seem like the shot's going to be a problem to me. Like, I, I agree with you, Jeff. Like I, I really don't, think that just you remember kevin martin how weird his shot looked right but it always went right it was he's a bucket it just feels like if the shot goes in the shot goes in I, I don't i know there's people are really split on his shot it's like i was reading a ringer article about him and this uh executive was like he's going to be one of the most controversial prospects in this year's draft and i was like really i don't and i'm <laughs> like, like i i guess and uh He's like – and the guy was like, not because people don't know what he can do, but because they don't uh, know how to value it. And I'm like, huh? Oh, I guess. I don't know. And he's – he seems like he would be such a great player for the modern NBA because he can shoot and he doesn't turn the ball over. But I guess the, the biggest knock on him for me would be that he doesn't get to the free throw line. So, I mean, I know, Jeff, again, me and you were talking about that too. Like I guess – in two years, he's taken, I think it was 70, yes, yeah, 71 free throws in two years. Now, obviously, he can make them. Obviously, he's career
0: yeah.
1: 82%. 80% free yeah. throw, 82%. Yeah. So, he can obviously make them. So, that's not an that's not an issue at all. But, I mean, Cole, what do you think is uh, a reason he doesn't get to the line? Or is there a reason? I, I don't know. You being someone who's around him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, First
2: year, I, I actually don't know what those numbers are specifically his freshman and sophomore year. But I, freshman year, I would definitely attribute to just the way he was used. I mean, his usage rate was fairly low. I mean, he was shooting catch-and-shoot threes for the most part. Um, and I would – you know, I think with some of those guys on our team and the stuff that he wasn't really asked to do, he didn't have to do, I think it's, man, he you know gets a bad closeout, he attacks the closeout. He's either passing or he's going to shoot a floater. So he just doesn't make bad decisions as far as attacking a rim and getting blocked. You know, now the second year, it's a little different. Um, it's the lane was a lot more clogged this year for us. We just didn't have the three point shooters around him, And, and it's crazy because you look at his assist numbers and you're like, man, he's doing that with guys that are shooting 31% from three as a team. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's hard to tell what his assist numbers would have looked like if we would have had guys shooting 36%, 37% for three. But the free throw thing this year, man, I don't – honestly, I don't know. I don't know. I'd have to take a look probably, really think about it. But I, I don't think it's anything – I don't think you can attribute it to like, man, he's just scared to go to the rim. I mean, I've watched him dunk over guys. I mean, there's yeah. clips of that in game. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. You know, I don't, I don't think that's – I don't think that's anything to worry about really.
0: And it's interesting too because he was uh, he didn't necessarily get to the rim a lot, like Chip was saying, but he was very efficient when he did. I was just looking at hoop math, and I think it was like seventy five percent field goal percentage at yeah, the rim, like which is ridiculous. Um, another thing that really stood out, I was watching a, a game against West Virginia. It wasn't it wasn't a great game for Iowa State. It was a game in February, but even in the um, even the announcer noted, you know, down twenty, you know, he's pressing um, you know, the inbounds pass, like it's the last minute of a Big Twelve Championship. So is that something that you saw in terms of his leadership or, you know, just how hard he plays? Um, if you could talk about that just kind of like approach and mindset, um, that either he, he showed on the court or, or off the quarter in practice?
2: Yep. Um, so always got a smile on his face, um, from day one when he got here his freshman year. Um it was, I mean, that's part of it too. Like, that's why it was like, man, he's such a joy to play with for guys because he's his energy is so good. Like, Coach Prom, our head coach, like, he always called it like his joyful spirit. And you can see it like, you can see it on TV when, when you watch our games. Like, it, it's absolutely true. Like, he's just playing so hard the entire time. I mean, he's he is as as intellectual and as good of a player as I've been around just with his feel, but like, he's a, he's a really, really good person. Like when we're talking, like these guys are like, man, he, you know, he may be one of the most controversial picks in the draft. Like for me, he's the safest pick in the draft. Like just because of the stuff he provides, he's a winner. Like it's hard to, I get, I get it. Like, it's hard to value that. Like it's hard to value what he does. Like he, he just, and this year, I understand our record and all that, but it was, we shot 31% from three. You know, it's hard to space the floor and spread, pick, and roll the way we play with guys who can't make shots. But um, just his competitive spirit, man, is is just – he's such a joy to be around, man. Like I just think – I just think you can't go wrong with him because he's going to fit into any role and it's – like he's good with it. And like he'll do whatever it takes. So, I mean, I think that's – those attributes are hard to calculate and hard to value. But I think that makes him just that much more of a, of a person you've got to have on your team.
0: And it's funny too because I um, one of the things that I was reading, uh, you know, Sam, I, I never know how to pronounce this, Vecini or Vesini, but of the mm-hmm. Athletic, he he always comes out with like a, a different big board every you know whatever month or so. And one of the things that he wrote about Halliburton was that he you know he was skying up a lot of executives' draft boards, and really it was because of the interview. So a lot of executives were just super impressed by him in the interview process, Um, you know, just how he carries himself. And it, it speaks to what you're saying about not only the joy that he plays with, but just super smart player. Like, I feel like he I feel like he's one of those guys like, you know, how in football, when they have the the quarterbacks that are coming out and they do like the Gruden football camp. And the guys just like shredding video, like, oh yeah, two two safety high, like this is where you throw it. I feel like that's Tyrese. Like I feel like he you show him the video and you're sitting there as a coach and you're just kinda like blown away with like what he sees because that's what it looks like on the court. Like the, the passes that he's making and like yeah, I see the Lonzo comparison, but um I would have to go and look back. I don't know that Lonzo was was hitting the shot like Tyrese was or had the free throw well, percentage, no, yeah. which is like no usually, like, a good indicator of shooting, but, um, I mean, I, I just feel like all of that really bodes well for where he, where he could be, you know, in, let's say, two or three years.
2: Absolutely. He, he is absolutely a quarterback in pick and roll. Like, he's just, man, read one, read two, read three, and he, he uses his eyes so well, um, just really manipulates the defense, but, yeah, like, whenever we, so, covid hit and then we went into quarantine and the nba draft process gets pushed back and everything's virtual we still have teams calling and that was the biggest thing for me it was like man like they're asking about him and i'm like man he's gonna kill the draft process because it's all phone conversations like he's gonna kill it like yeah. he just absolutely is and like you know i think i think some of the guys were like man is it fake like is it, oh like he's gonna kill it because it's fake i'm like no it's absolutely 100 honest like that's just how he is like he, this is his his deal. Like he's going to kill all those conversations and all of those meetings because they're going to bring him in and or they're going to send him film and be like, man, what do you see with this, this, and this? And He's going to know the right answers. So like he he is, and that's why he fits in any spot because he knows what
1: everybody's sp- supposed to do and where they're supposed to be. So, Well, Warriors and Wizards along with Knicks too, right? That's what was reported. Uh, that's what was I think Pist- reported I think that Pist- I saw.
0: I think Pistons. And the oh, pistons, pistons were in there too.
2: Okay.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean,
2: everything I've seen is it looks like anywhere I've I've seen as high as four, and I don't know if the I don't really know much about the Bulls roster, but um, anywhere from four to I think ten probably. But
0: I, um, that was definitely one of the questions I was going to ask. So uh, I've done enough, kind of. Just like to to see what would be his best fit, right? And I'd be interested to to hear um, your call on it. I think personally, I would love to see him play with Trey Young in Atlanta. Even as a Knicks fan, I'd love to see Tyrese in a Knicks uniform. But I do worry about, I, you know, I feel like he could really fit well with a ball dominant point guard, um, and and just being able to make that read when somebody is already collapse the defense and he could just have his pick of the letter. Like, I feel like he would really just kill it in that situation. But what, what, what would you see? For sure.
2: I mean, I'm not an expert on most of those teams rosters, but number one pick would be golden state. Like we talked about already. Yep. Um, obviously at two, it probably going to be tough to do that. But, um, then I would think for sure playing a side, alongside a ball dominant guard, like Trey would be really interesting. I think, um, just to all of you, the points you just made, I think those, that would be really interesting. Um, and I don't know, I mean, picks after that, you got Cleveland, I mean, they've got a bunch of young guards, I don't know if they would take him. Yeah. Um, and then the Pistons play alongside Derek Rose, I mean, obviously they're different players. Um, that that could be interesting. Obviously, the Knicks and you know they're talking. I don't know if it, it it'll be really interesting to see who trades in and out. Yeah, it's, it sounds like everything I read. It's like man, everybody one through one through nine wants to trade their pick. So yeah. so it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, so I guess for me personally, being selfish, I hope the Warriors trade down. And
0: take it. <laughs> that would be pretty cool. I, a question I just thought of. Um, you know, being around him as as much as you were, and uh, Chip and I are obviously both Knicks fans. Sometimes this is something that's like overplayed in New York, but I do think there's some merit to it. Do you think he could handle a place like New York? Is he, you know, a little bit more laid back? Even Keel, like maybe more of a small town guy, or, or do you do you get a sense that the pressure, um, that atmosphere, do you think that would get to him?
2: Um. Absolutely not. I think he'd be it, it, honestly like we've been talking about. I just think his personality—he fits in. Just like everybody loves him. I mean, it's going to be hard to hate the kid. I mean, he's yeah. just he does so many things well, and he's such a likable guy off right. the court. I think he'll be able to handle anything. I mean, he—he's been you know anywhere and everywhere. I mean, he's spent the whole—I guess—the summer of 2019. He was in greece for however long with those guys and then he came right back and a week later we're spending time and it we went to italy as a team we took our foreign trip and we were in italy for 10 11 days and like i just think i don't see new york as a problem i think it's i think it's all the courts look the same and he's just going to be about basketball i mean he's a pretty laid-back guy like i said he just really enjoys playing and to, enjoys living life so i think he'll be he'll be
1: um he'll be good in no matter where he's at mm. I like Phoenix as a spot for him, too. I that's don't know a good if that's been mentioned, but Phoenix, especially if they keep Rubio, I think that would be a, a mm. great spot for him. But yeah. yeah, with Booker and obviously he dominates the ball, too, and he averages, I think, up to like six or seven assists this year. So, yeah, I think Phoenix would be great for him. Yeah, that would be an interesting spot as well.
0: On the, um, on the defensive side, uh, again, you know, one of the things that, that stands out is the length, right? Like, he jumps passing lanes really well, gets a ton of deflections. Like, I feel like, you know, in an analytics age, def- deflections are the new steals, right? Like, that's what everybody's yeah. looking at. Um For sure. You know, the, the size and weight is, is always going to be a thing until it's not. Um, what areas, if any, do you feel defensively that um, he can improve on in order to kind of take that next step? Um,
2: uh, I think, first off, I think off the ball, he's probably one of the best defenders I've been around just because he's, his awareness is so high. Like he picks off a lot of passes, you know, playing off, off of the, you know, not on the primary ball handler, but, um, maybe areas of improvement would be probably just on ball guarding. I mean, I think at times he may bounce around a little bit, take some gambles on the ball. Um, and I think that's just going to be, you know, hey, man, you're going to get toasted by some guys in the league if you're doing that. And I think it's, you know, he's going to address that. And yeah. He'll be fine. I mean, I, obviously, I think, you know, with a professional weight training program and all that, I mean, he's got all the intangibles. Like, he's 6'5", has the wingspan. Like, he's got all that. He just, you know, he'll sit down and guard guys, I think. I think on the ball, that's probably just the – probably the biggest area for improvement, which I think he's, he's probably already working on right now.
0: Mm. Um, so – And when it comes to, um, you know, scouting and and having the players being aware of what other teams' tendencies are, things like that, how active would you say, you know, he was and kind of like being receptive towards the information you're giving him or, you know, just watching tape and and stuff like that?
1: Yeah.
2: So, once again, pretty much his bread and and butter. Um, He uh, – you actually watch it on film. So he he went down in our our game against Kansas State last season. Um, broke his wrist. I don't know what what the date was, but he sat out whatever the last ten games of the season. And you can see it, like watch him on the bench, and he's up and he's up pointing, and you know he's he's just as locked in sitting on the bench for the last ten games as he is when he's playing the previous whatever fifty four games he played in his career, and and it's you know you couldn't even tell the difference. Yeah. I mean, honestly, he would show up to shoot around and he would show up to practice and he would show up pregame. It was just the only time you noticed was whenever he walked out of the tunnel, he was wearing a cast and wasn't wearing a jersey. Yeah. So it's just like, man, like he, he's so locked into that stuff and it, and it comes, it's, it goes right along with the pick and roll reads. I mean, like he's watching film and he knows what guys like to do. And, you know, he knows where the shifts are at. And, um, I think that'll be probably one of the more, impressive things that NBA coaching staffs would be just like his ability to, to um, take all that stuff in and be able
0: to, you know, execute. So he feels like a culture builder, you know, I mean, it feels like a guy you bring in and, and um, you know, not only uplifts the play of, of people around him, but um, you know, the level of focus and intensity and attention to detail too, which is super important.
2: Yeah. And he's, he, it's no ego. He's not needy. I got like, he's a perfect glue guy, perfect glue guy. And he may end up being somebody's best player at some point in his career. Like he's like, it's, man, he's,
1: he's big time. He's big time. Does all the little things is what I re- A lot of people are saying about him. And it looks like that when you watch, it reminded me a lot of when we were watching stuff about uh, Vassell from Florida state too. Right. He's similar with that. And especially on defense because Halliburton's the best guard defender, I think in this class. And I don't really think it's that close, but and Vassell is probably the best overall defender. But Jeff was describing like the way he plays defense. And we were watching that West Virginia game. And yep. even though I mean, I would say that a tough game, like Jeff said, he had some defensive plays in that game where huge, he was picking off steals. passes yeah. and stuff. And yeah. man, against yeah. a great team like that too. Like he was really impressive and locked in, even when you guys were down and yeah, he's just he might be more impressive to watch on the defense event sometimes than he is on offense. He's just—you can tell—he's going to be an impact player right away, just by the way he plays on defense. You know what? Honestly, for sure. it,
0: I, I'm sorry. I was just—I'm go just, just going to say real quick. You know what it reminds me of because we're watching it in the finals a little bit, um, and and these playoffs too. Like the way Jimmy Butler kind of anticipates and jumps passing lanes. Like I—I've yeah. I, seen a lot of that with with um, with Tyrese and tape for sure.
2: Yeah, I think it's going to be really hard to keep him off the floor, honestly, from the get-go. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we've, we've actually – I've actually joked around with him. Every time we, – we don't press a, a ton, but every time we would go, we'd go to, like, this one-guard front full-court press, and it was just like, you know, he's playing monkey in the middle a little bit, and he would just bait them into throwing it, and his his wingspan is 6'5", you know, height. Like, he just jumps up, grabs it, puts it in, lay up. Like, he would get one a game yeah. if we press. Like, he would get one a game in the one of those so but yeah he just just really intellectual
0: no he definitely seems like a a great prospect Um, Chip do you have anything else on 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 Tyrese
1: Uh, just one more thing that uh, popped out to me uh, that his his usage we kind of touched on it earlier his usage is so low for a lottery prospect like below 20% he's 5th on the team for you guys in usage like I, I don't really know what to make of that. Like it's obviously it's impressive that he's so efficient and is able to score, uh, without taking up that much of the team's offense. But do you think he'll still be able to be that effective in the NBA when he's, you know, when he's, if he's asked to do more, you know, being a top 10 pick in the NBA? Yeah. I think right away he won't be asked to do that much. Um, so I think it'll be
2: basically the same, um, I, I would see no difference probably and mm-hmm. because usage rates still going to be pretty low as a, you know, even as a lottery pick. Um, but, you know, as he, as he um, develops into more of a, um, more of an elite player, you know, obviously usage is going to go up. If he's the better player, you know, they want their best players to take the best shot. So, um, you know, things we talked about getting better, you know, shooting off the bounce, things like that. I mean, obviously these NBA defensive strategies are so, Complex, like they're going to put him in situations where, you know, he's not as efficient. So it'll be interesting to see um, as he gets older what teams do to try to make him less efficient. It'll be interesting to see as his usage rate goes up.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I think uh, I think we're all looking forward to seeing where he gets drafted. And I just I have this feeling if if he gets into the right spot, um, he could really pop as as one of the guys from this draft class. It it was interesting, like when I started really looking at prospects, I. I as it just always is, you kind of go up and down on them, depending on, you know, what tape you're seeing. And then it's tough, because I feel like some of these guys could have really benefited from an NCAA tournament to, to really flash their skills, like Halliburton definitely, you know, would have been one of those guys that I think, you know, the country would have gotten to see more of. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, maybe he's a top five pick, or, you know, in top eight, instead of just top 10 or lottery. Um But yeah, man, I'm very excited to see where he goes. And, uh like you said, I think the best way to describe him is he's going to make your team better. Like no matter what, whatever role it is, like you know, you said he's going to fit into it, and he's just going to be that guy that makes the right play. Um, and sometimes it, it it sucks because you you hear someone say that, and it almost sounds like um, like a diss. You know what I mean? Like oh, it's just a role player. But no, you know, but he he has athleticism and he has flash, um, and he's clearly capable of a lot. Um, but you know, it's, uh, something to be said for having a guy in your roster that you give him 20 to 25 minutes and you're going to get 20 to 25 really good minutes of basketball.
2: Absolutely. I mean, I think he met every, met and exceeded every expectation we ever had for him here. So obviously wish him a ton of success and really excited to see where he goes. So it'll be, it'll be a lot of fun. And I think the team that takes him will be really, really happy with it too.
0: Yeah, definitely um cole before we let you go uh if you could just talk a little bit about um what's what's kind of your season upcoming looking like in terms of uh preparation um even if you want to talk about you know your goals and in, in coaching and whatnot did you did you grow up in the midwest as well or no
2: yeah yeah so i'm actually from iowa undergrad at iowa state so i'm a cyclone but um um yeah right now i mean it's just we're kind of trying to figure out the whole scheduling piece um as these you know as we kind of got to go ahead for the season to begin um on november 25th we kind of got to figure out our schedule here because we had some games scheduled before that date um so it'll be interesting to see um as we get the schedule piece together and um hopefully we play a full season here without any hiccups but um but yeah, I mean, me personally, um, right now, obviously, just trying to help cycle and win as many games as we can, and then after that, obviously, trying to work my way up the ladder, trying to be a Division One head coach at some point down the road. So, um, but yeah, doing what I can here for right now. So,
0: absolutely, man. Well, you got two fans. Uh, you made two fans out of us tonight. So that, that's we'll, we'll definitely be pulling for you, man. Really appreciate you coming I appreciate on it. and uh, giving us some of your time talking, obviously, about. Uh, very exciting player in this year's draft. I think we're, we're very interested to see what happens with him. But, uh, once again, uh, very, you know, appreciative of your time. And before we let you go, if you just want to tell anyone listening where they can find you on Twitter, um, or anything like that.
2: Yeah. Um, Twitter, Instagram, it's at C Christian ISU. Um, If anybody wants any more information about Iowa State, we always love people reaching out. My email is C-O-L-E-S-C at IASTate.edu if you have anything, any questions about Iowa State. Um, But yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate it.
0: Absolutely. Um, And, uh, you know, to anyone listening out there, we hope everyone is staying safe. uh, And we will talk to you guys soon.